This episode of the Supply Chain Brain Podcast is supported by Logistaview, provider of a warehouse planning and optimization platform for frontline workers. Be sure and stick around after the discussion for a look at the company and what it offers to customers. But now, on to the podcast. Smart glasses have yet to gain a solid foothold in the consumer market, but they're well established in the warehouse. Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, Editor-in-Chief of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. It's been a rocky start for the acceptance of so-called smart glasses by consumers, even among the earliest adopters. Remember Google Glass? But this piece of cutting-edge technology is already in regular use in warehouse environments for a variety of essential functions. On this episode, we trace the evolution and deployment of smart glasses in the warehouse with the help of Seth Patton, CEO and founder of Logistiview. We'll learn exactly what these devices can do, the difference they've already made in productivity and efficiency at a time when human labor is tough to find and retain, and what they might look like in the near future. Augmented reality has arrived. Here is my conversation with Seth Patton. Seth Patton. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Bob. Looking forward to talking with you. We're talking today about the use of smart glasses in warehouses. It feels like it's taken a while to catch on. They've been with us for some time. I'm wondering if you agree with me and if that is the case, why? I think you're dead on. They've been in the market for probably almost 10 years in some way, shape, or form. Certainly, there's been hubbub and hype about them for quite some time. And I think ultimately, the hype actually reached its peak several years ago, where augmented reality and the ability to have smart glass hands-free processing reached the peak of its hopefulness, so to speak, in the industry. Hmm. Reality and the maturity of the technology was a factor in kind of limiting those expectations and hopes. And what we're seeing now actually is a transition to kind of an understanding of what's possible, a, an identification of how smart glasses can help and what they can do in the warehouse and maturity of both the hardware and the software that is critical to making that possible. I wonder if their progress was somewhat slowed or even confused by the parallel development of smart glasses in the consumer side, the Google glasses that kind of didn't take off. I wonder if that sort of damaged the image or, or the perception of them, at least temporarily in a warehouse setting or a commercial setting? I think that's definitely the case. And partially because if you really think about it, the, the market size in consumer is dramatically larger. So these companies, particularly the Googles of the world, they're, they're looking for massive successes that millions of people will use and everything else. Converting that target and that technology to an enterprise-focused environment where the progress, uh, the pace of movement is decidedly slower and where the requirements are fundamentally different was something that each individual vendor tried different things. And so over the course of time, ultimately, smart glasses are much more common 
in industrial settings today than they are certainly in any consumer-based setting. So I think I think the timing and, and the development cycle, again, followed the hype and the hope that smart glasses would transform the way consumers operate. And of course, we've you know, come to realize that that really wasn't going to happen. Yeah, but wearable devices are certainly an accepted thing in warehouses, of, have been for many years. So you don't have to get over that particular hurdle, convincing people to like wear different things in order to carry out their job. No, not at all. I mean, certainly the style of wearables has changed over time as technology has miniaturized and modernized, but it's not at all uncommon. All the major vendors such as Zebra or Honeywell that have, you know, that, that sell computing devices for frontline work, they have devices that are wearable on your wrist or even devices that are potentially wearable on your body somewhere else for various reasons. And you know, headsets are also pretty common, voice headsets, etc. The idea of having a wearable device isn't necessarily the new thing. I think it's really about what that device can do. The idea of having a camera and a screen directly in front of your face, it changes what you can display and how you can interact with a user. So it's definitely new and that it's a new type of way to interact with a computer. But the idea of wearing a device for work is very, very accepted in the industry. So walk me through how smart glasses actually operate in a warehouse setting today. Well, smart glasses are obviously a device you wear on your head. A lot of people think of them as a, truly a pair of glasses that you wear over on your eyes like a pair of corrective lenses. But the reality is that most devices that are used in the real world today don't follow that pattern. They're actually devices that typically sit on a head strap or some other form of, of mounting on your head, whether that be a hard hat or a pair of safety glasses, etc. But they actually sit in front of your face and mount to the side of, of your head. And they are a device that allows for you to see a screen that feels a lot like the screen of a, a smartphone or something like that sitting in front of your face. And then it also gives you the ability to have cameras and other computer equipment on board of that device. So the end user can have all the features and capabilities of a smartphone, of a pretty intelligent computing device, but entirely on their head. So their hands are free so that they can do all of their work through voice and vision. And so the experience of a voice headset is, is somewhat common or somewhat similar in terms of what it's like to have a device on your head. The only difference is that you have the display too, and that definitely changes how you interact with the device. What am I seeing on that display if I've got a pair of smart glasses on? It really depends on the operation, but if you're using most, you know, most technologies today will have a simplistic uh, user interface that is showing information that's pertinent to the task that you're currently supposed to be performing. Obviously, there's the question of how do I log in or what, which task type should I be looking at? Am I picking or am I receiving or am I doing cycle counting or what have you? So there's going to be things like menus. There's going to be instructions that are pertinent to the step of the process that you're currently performing, as well as certain other common things like even status bars, like, you know, hey, is my Wi-Fi on? What's my battery level? Those things that you would see on a smartphone are also going to be showing up on the, the, the display of a pair of smart glasses. Fundamentally, a pair of smart glasses is really just an Android smartphone with a bit of a different form factor. So a lot of things that you'd experience on an Android smartphone are the same things you'd experience using smart glasses. So let's say on the picking side of things, how is it showing me what to do? Is it coordinating with certain lights that show up on the pick wall? How is it guiding me toward what I need to pick? through these smart glasses. If you're using picking specifically as a use case and you're trying to use 
the capabilities of the glasses to provide augmented reality and provide instructions to guide you to a location, then what you would see is the way that that's typically done is by actually feeding the camera of display back through to the user. So if you think about if you were looking at your smartphone camera holding up in front of you, you would see all the things in front of you, only you would see them on the camera. And so what it allows you to do is actually have the same thing that the camera sees is actually what gets shown into the display on the glasses, but then a digital overlay of additional information that is only known to the system is then put over top of that to be able to say, hey, by the way, focus your attention here for this reason or that reason. So this is the green box you should go to, or hey, this red X, this is something that you shouldn't be doing. It's very much designed to try and make it so that the user feels like they are still focused on their environment around them. They still Mm -hmm. see everything that they would normally be seeing, but they have this digital overlay, this intelligence layer that the computer adds on to the camera that they would see otherwise. Well, is it sort of a souped-up, pick-to-light kind of process? I mean, are you seeing particular lights to guide you to that item on the wall that you are being directed to pick? Yes, that is one of the options. Certainly, uh, some of our customers and some folks in the industry do utilize the technology in that way. Some some companies and some processes don't. So it really depends on the nature of the process, exactly what instructions are being used. But in the case of a standard picking operation, that would be a common way to think about it, a virtual pick-to-light or a virtual put-to-light. On the receiving side, you say they can also be used for receiving. That obviously, I would think, requires some level of scanning to bring an item into the warehouse to determine where it goes. Is the scanning built into the glasses, or are we also, as a person with the glasses, also holding another device like a, like a barcode or an RFID scanner at the same time? How is that working? So we can actually do both. The glasses have the ability to perform scanning via computer vision using the camera. They also have the ability to, because they're, again, they're capable of wireless communication uh, like Wi-Fi or Bluetooth with other devices that are connected to them. So a common deployment model is to use a small-scale lightweight ring scanner so that the operator can still be relatively hands-free while they've got the focus on the computing on their glasses. But when they need to perform a scan, either because the barcode is too small, maybe it's in a location that's not convenient, the barcode is really close to the floor on a pallet, for example, you don't want to have to bend down and look at that. It might make more sense to just reach down and get that with a barcode scanner. So it's very common for additional peripheral devices to be connected to the glasses to help make the experience better for the end user. And there's no integration issues there? I mean, that's a smooth integration or smooth connection with that and other kinds of devices? Absolutely. It uses standard, industry standard technologies and pairing of Bluetooth devices and things like that is a fairly common, commonplace in the industry at this point. So those things can be very simplified, especially with the assistance of good software to help make that pairing easy. You also mentioned cycle counting. Is that also a scanning function? How does that work with the glasses? It certainly can be a scanning function, but uh, it actually depends on the operation. So some companies will have very small barcodes and very data-intensive collection. So you might have somebody who wants to do a grocery scan of a uh, serialized product, for example. In that case, you're probably going to want to use a barcode. Alternatively, you might have a case of product that actually has a label that's readable using computer vision. And so at that point, you may actually be able to just look at the case and have the, the count registered as a result of being able to scan the case's label. It all depends on the way the product is barcoded, the way the product is identified. 
as to how you utilize the combination of input technologies that are available with smart glasses. And the information is moved that's going through the smart glasses, I'm assuming, that it can be stored in a system to the point where it can be used for later ana- analysis, for reporting, for productivity measurements. I mean, it must be valuable for all of the above, right? Absolutely. Yeah, the glasses definitely don't stand alone. There's no way to make them uh, fit into the rest of a typical distribution IT ecosystem without having server-based software that they connect to and then integrate to other systems in the warehouse, like warehouse management system or an ERP or other automation solutions that are already present. So the, the smart glasses become part of the entire system communicating through a platform server, a controller server that allows them to connect everywhere else and move data, store data, utilize data for analysis, et cetera, all the things you mentioned earlier. What's involved in training workers on the devices? It certainly depends on the process, but in general, it's substantially easier than training on other devices. One of the primary reasons for that is because the whole point of using smart glasses is that you're providing visual information. And so ideally, the instructions are visual, they are simple, they are as native as possible to the way that a person thinks. If you think about kind of the old school Telnet technology, you had all these weird abbreviations because you were kind of trying to fit things on a 16-character line or what have you. Mm -hmm. All of those translations, we try to cut away all those translations and give instructions in a very human way, as well as give instructions in a visual way. What that allows you to do is to make the process feel simpler, easier to understand. Ultimately, at the end of the day, what we're really trying to do is make it so that the decision that the, that the worker needs to make is easier to decide upon. You don't have to think as hard to make sure you're getting the right answer, and you don't have to think about or think as hard to make sure that you're doing the right thing next because the system guides you along that process the entire way. Like any technology, I'm sure it involves, obviously, an upfront investment. How can you quantify for me, like, what is the benefit, what increases in efficiency, are brought about by the use of smart glasses in a typical warehouse operation? It really depends. Again, it kind of depends on the process, but our rule of thumb in general is that most of the customers that move to smart glass technology, they're seeing somewhere between a 10 and 20% improvement gain. Again, that varies. There's only so much faster you can cycle count, for example, whereas perhaps it would be much, much faster to sort or much, much faster to pick or what have you. So on the upper end, we're seeing 20% improvement by conversions from older technologies, paper technologies, voice technologies, even uh, handheld RF devices using a more historical Telnet format, all those different devices and systems can be dramatically improved upon using uh, smart glasses. These devices look awfully innovative to us today, but as you know, technology changes very quickly. And I'm wondering if you could kind of project us into the future five or 10 years from now, looking back on what these glasses look like today and going, ah, those were kind of primitive compared with what we can do now. (laughs) In other words, where are smart glasses going? I mean, can you kind of look into a crystal ball and kind of give me a sense of how these might further develop and evolve? Yeah, absolutely. I think right now the one number one limiter for smart glasses is weight and the degree to which they occlude your vision. Obviously, when you're in a warehouse, really in any industrial situation, you have to be very, very concerned about safety. Always have to ensure that the devices that you're empowering your workers with aren't simultaneously the devices that are potentially making their work unsafe. And so today, glasses in warehouses are primarily monocular. What that means is they work on only one eye versus the other. And they do allow you to swap between eyes. Some people have right or left eye dominance. But 
they don't have the ability really to work effectively on two eyes. And they also tend to be a little bit heavy if you have a battery that has the ability to last for an entire shift. And so what we typically do is we have half-shift batteries that are swapped out at lunchtime or something like that. And the devices right now are typically very, very lightweight, only about four to six ounces, and they're mounted on a head strap. I do believe what will develop over the course of the next several years is the battery technology will improve dramatically so that you can get a full shift or more out of a device. And furthermore, the display technology is going to improve in such a way that it allows for both eyes to have simultaneously be augmented with additional digital information while not having peripheral vision be blocked in a way that's unsafe. And so moving forward, I think it's about how much information, how quickly that information can be delivered to a person. And that's where vision and display improvements, as well as battery life improvements, will make these devices much more usable. Certainly, the more information you stuff into a screen, once in both eyes, you have to ensure that for the purposes of safety in the warehouse, that the operator can still see the real world. So, Absolutely. I, you know, I, yes. This is definitely not virtual reality. It's augmented mm-hmm. reality. <laughs> right. You don't right. want to replace them. You, know, you don't want to replace their experience and, and, uh, and take them away from the things around them. Seth, tell me about Logistiview's presence in this market that we've been talking about. What are you guys offering the marketplace today? Logistiview is a warehouse resource planning and optimization platform that is purpose-built for improving the productivity of frontline workers. And we started, we we developed, uh, from the beginning, we developed the platform with smart glasses and augmented reality as a targeted core competency. Now, this technology, we started building it in 2014 and have developed into uh, one of the industry leaders in the application of smart glasses in the warehouse, Uh, specifically the idea of virtual put walls, virtual pick walls, as well as other augmented reality immersive experiences for the end user uh, is a place where Logistview has has become a leader in in, in the industry in the usage and application of smart glasses. You're talking about basically a suite of solutions, aren't you? Again, we talked earlier about the need for various aspects to play with nice with each other to integrate smoothly. I I take it that this offering consists of multiple pieces that have to all fit together. That's absolutely correct. So as I mentioned earlier, the glasses themselves are only part of the story. You have to have the, the capability to configure the solution for an enterprise environment for the customer's use case and the specific way that they need to process in their operation. You also need the ability to connect the data on the back end to all those upstream systems that that we talked about a little bit earlier, ERPs, WMSs, et cetera. The data collection, the process optimization, the efficiency of a process, all those things are ultimately part of the overall process of delivering for your customer. In a warehouse, you have to ship a product. And you have to ship an order. And all of that data, all the collection and organization of that data is incredibly critical. Our process or our part of that process needs to ensure that all other places that need that data receive that data in a timely manner. Yeah, you're part of a big puzzle, aren't you? But uh, it's essential. Absolutely. Well, Seth Patton of Logistiview, I want to thank you so much for helping us to understand just the role that smart classes are playing in the warehouse today, as well as telling us about Logistiview itself. Thanks very much for being with me today. Thanks for the opportunity, Bob. Appreciate it. 
That was my conversation with Seth Patton of Logistaview, talking about the coming of smart glasses to the warehouse. We thank Logistaview for sponsoring this episode. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn. Follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain, and also watch videos on our YouTube channel. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? Email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. Stay well, and see you next time.